Hey everybody, welcome to Know Your Gear podcast number 70. And before we get started, I just want to do a shout out to the original crew, Bradulus, Jeff Howe, Zachary Rowe, Michael Newman, Bruce, and the One Blood We, Hanner Gunson, John Jex, Michael Shy, Justin Mabe, David Madison, and Lawrence Petros. Uh, and we'll get to the rest of them later. Let's go ahead and get back and say, hey, what's up, everybody? How was your guys' week? Uh, mine was extra long. <laughs> it's been a while since I have looked at a Friday as like a ending point. I think I am taking tomorrow off. <laughs> I don't know why or how I'm going to do that, uh, but I think I'm going to. So we'll see what happens. Um, but on that note, let's get started with some cool stuff. There's a lot of us already on here. There's 200 of you hanging out. And we'll get started with some cool questions and talk about what you guys want to talk about this week. Um, so I saw a question right off the bat that I thought was interesting. Let me get right to it real quick. And it was from Douglas 21, 45, zero. Sure. What? I don't know. Maybe, maybe two, one, four, 50. I don't know. However, the numbers line to line up, but that's the numbers. It says, Hey, Phil, long time fan here. I want to change electronics and pickups in my PRS SE. That's, uh, SE, not SC, SE. 245. I've never done this before. Any advice regarding these changes? Can't find much information on the guitar. Yeah, you know, that guitar, uh, I think if it was me, I would leave pretty much everything alone except for a couple things. Change the tuners to maybe locking tuners. That's a easy, very easy thing to do. There is a Grover set. Uh, I'll put in the link description right now. And also the ratio set. They're direct replacements. Also, Hipshot has a direct replacement for them as well. I'll put some links in this uh, index when we're done. So you can go ahead and pick yourself up the locking keys if you like. I actually like the nut on the SEs. I think it's more than adequate. Some people do replace it with a uh, uh, more, you know, more traditional to the PRS uh, core style nut. But uh, other than that, changing out the pickups, that's up to you. You know what I mean? Uh, and as for advice on how to install them, there's pretty easy to do. I mean, you can find schematics. It just depends on how savvy you are with a soldering iron and, a, and just a schematic. And this is very easy stuff. I always tell everybody, just, you know, keep in mind, electronics and guitars is very basic. There's no voltage in there to hurt you, so you don't really have to worry about anything. The best piece of advice ever, though, is always take pictures with your phone of everything you do before you do anything. And as you go through it, take pictures. And the reason why is, one, of course, if you forget what you're doing, you can uh, go back. Let me adjust this, by the way. It's hot. Okay. And uh, <laughs> you can go back and, um, you know, make sure that it's right from where it was, from the point where you took the picture. But also, if you have to find yourself in the precarious situation, precarious, precarious, precarious situation, sure, why not, uh, of driving to your local store to have the tech help you out, you can pull out your phone and show him uh, what you've done so far and help him either fix the problem or point to some suggestions on how to get it done. Maybe that's a, maybe a rewire video on the two humbuckers might be a good video. I'm not sure. There's so many great videos like that on the internet now. That's why sometimes I'm apprehensive to do just basic, like here's how you do something videos, but maybe, maybe with questions like this, that's something I should be looking into doing more of. Okay. What else do we got going on? We have, uh, Joe, uh, this is a question I've talked about before, but it's a good question. It says, Hey, what's your, what's your opinion on the pearly gates pickups? I, I like the pearly gates pickups. I'm really a fan of the pearly gates and the bridge. 
on a strat. I've always thought that was a good uh, kind of a mix. Some of my friends really liked a set of pearly gates and the Les Pauls. Overall, the pearly gates is a good pickup. I'm pretty sure it's a pickup that. Uh, uh, what am I trying to do? Uh, trying to think. Billy Gibbons used, right? Isn't that the big deal? Billy Gibbons used? Probably guys are all tapping that right now, typing Billy Gibbons, Billy Gibbons. But it was Billy Gibbons. And my experience is Billy Gibbons is, you know, his ear is not wrong. Everything that he's usually had his, his uh, involvement with has been pretty good stuff, especially for the way it sounds. Sergeant Power Wiener, of course, <laughs> says, please make a shirt with a red SG and the guy in the duck walking. Oh, that's a good suggestion. Um, you know, I'll put that in the index. Uh, some of you guys know my wife does those designs now, and uh, maybe that's something she can do. I'm pretty sure it's uh, she already has those uh, kind of already set in there, so maybe it's as easy as she can just mix that up and do that. The duck walk guy, uh, we took that away and uh, to go back to the standard figure again, but maybe it's time to bring duck walk guy back. I love changing the logo slightly all the time. If you guys notice, just because I really feel like every time somebody's uh, around me, it feels like you almost have your own shirt because you know what I mean? There's only so many shirts that get sold of each color and each style. And I don't know. I think it's cooler than having one shirt that everybody wears the same. It's kind of nice to have your own individuality and individuality in it. And hold on. I'm gonna drink some water. All right. Next, we have Michael. And Michael says, what are your thoughts on the Made in Mexico standards being replaced with the player series? Uh, well, uh, Michael, that's a pretty easy answer. Behind me here, I have to look at my screen. Behind me here, right there, that is what you're talking about. That is a Fender Players Strat right there. That is the new Made in Mexico Strat. I did the unboxing this morning, and uh, I have that video queued up and ready to go. I will release it today. It will be later on tonight uh, is kind of a bonus. I've never done that before. Stuff like that gets scary because it does cut into this podcast, which means I'll see lower than expected numbers because you guys will probably jump over to see that or, you know, that'll take, you know, some precedent over stuff. But I want to do the unboxing. I'm going to be very doing a very detailed take it apart. I'm going to be disassembling that guitar, the new player strat to look inside of it to see what changes were made there's a lot of uh, stuff i've heard on the internet so far i can tell you my first impression though uh so if you don't want to waste your time watching the video of me unboxing it talking about it uh i like it i like it uh better than the standard and i have a standard and i will be doing a comparison of those two uh in fact when i talked to fender i asked them specifically for the uh, new three single coil Alnico with the Peo Ferro fretboard because my Made in Mexico standard, which is 100% stock, not even locking keys, it's the only Fender I have that's 100% stock, is uh, is a rosewood fretboard, and um, so I wanted to do a pretty pretty accurate comparison to them. But first impressions, it's knocked out of the park. I mean, it's fifty dollars more, and the fifty dollars buys you already, I think, some better some better stuff uh and the pickup sounded great i think that's what stood up stood out to me the most and i like the mexican standard pickups so what's great is it's a win-win if you don't like mexican standard pickups i think you're gonna really have an opportunity to like these new um uh, uh players pickups however if you do like the mexican standard pickups like i do I think you'll still be impressed with these i'm really impressed with these but i still haven't compared them i just did the unboxing i played it uh, phase two is take it apart, go through a detailed review that I'm looking for hopefully to be done by Monday. Okay. Tom says amp for a great warm, clean tone for a strat. 
12 inch combo 6v6 or 6l6 at least 12 watts but with power soak up to 2k uh i'm on on my list the brunetti is that how you say it oh you know what you might have oh the the brunetti brunetti single man single man bogner new yorker oh i played the bogner new yorker opinion on them and alternative you know what I, I have horrible, but I don't know what the Brunetti single man is, and I have to do some research. But I played the Bogner New Yorker, and I much enjoyed it. It was a really good amp. The I'm, I'm going to throw, for me, the amp, I, I got to tell you what I like, man. Uh, for me, what you're talking about, it doesn't have power soak, but it has a switch to go down in wattage. 12-inch uh, 112 combo. Uh, you're saying 12 watts, but it's the for me, it's the Archon. I have an Archon 112 combo. It's a uh, 25 watt. The switch is down to 12 watts. I love it. I love the clean on it. Um, like it more than the Bogner New Yorker. I just don't know about the the, the Brunetti, but uh, but I love the Archon. I mean, I love that amp. It's uh, hand wired, uh, relatively inexpensive. You can pick them up. You're talking 2K. You can find one used on uh, Reverb for uh, under a thousand bucks. And and if you see my video where I bought a used head. Uh, I feel pretty confident they can't destroy those things. <laughs> so uh, that one I bought, that head. Uh, and, uh, you know, in, uh, check out the video I do with Doug Sewell, you know, just to see what a great guy is. So I, that, that's what that is. And it has nothing to do with anything. It's just it's an amp that appeals to me, and I keep going back to it. Okay. Uh, Tyler says, thoughts on thoughts on the 68 custom reverb. So I'm, I'm Tyler, I'm just assuming i think what you're talking about the 68 custom reverb that's the 68 reverb that is available only at sweetwater that rivera did is that what you're talking about uh if it is i just watched the video i watched the video of rivera and then i watched sweetwater's video looked really cool definitely something i really wanted it uh was a little priced out of my comfort zone for what i was willing to buy it because without touching it or playing it but i thought about it heavily if it's something else uh different let me know Okay, what else do we got going on? Scott wants to know, is there a main Mexico Strat that has the HSH, HSS or HH and will come with a split coil option and not have gold hardware? Uh, I don't know if there's going to be one. Is there one? Um, I know there's not in any of the player series stuff because I the player strats and, and tellies, I was went through the, the information they sent me thoroughly to pick out the one I wanted to review. So there was nothing with that option set that I saw. They had HSS. They did have HSH as well. They did not have HH. So they didn't have humbucker, humbucker, but they had humbucker, single humbucker. Um, and But nothing with the coil split option per se. But the closest thing to what you're describing and what I've seen in the Fender lineup, besides maybe some of the deluxes and stuff, I, I'm not sure because I got to do off this memory, is that new player's HSH. That's pretty close because even though it's got a single coil in the middle, it will split the coil on the humbucker on the bridge to single coil mode and, and make it, you know, uh, but it's a split between that single coil and the single coil in the middle position of the guitar. So uh resurrectionist says you mentioned lace sensors what happened i have a set lace sensors right now if you can't see they're right there in this strat this blue one right here uh but i bought a uh i'm just going to tell you i'm almost going to yank those out i uh, i bought a dually 
off of reverb off of a, re a retailer a licensed retailer a lace pickup and it came defective it was put together pretty horribly you know one of those kind of embarrassing things you wouldn't want to see i did a video of that i put it on instagram i didn't want to blow them up so to speak if that's an internet term now on youtube you know on the internet and call them out so what i did is i just you know kind of went to them i emailed license uh, lace sensor i let him know uh everything you know what happened Customer service. No, no one ever got back to me. I got the impression. You know what? I I kind of predict lace sensors being out of business in a year or two. That's how I really feel. I feel like the last couple times. So this the thing to point out is I bought that pickup. Not only was I horribly disappointed with the quality of that lace sensor dually, and horribly even more disappointed with their customer non customer service response to it. Um, and the the and so you know the um, I don't they don't know it's me. Like I don't go to them and say, "Hey, I have a YouTube channel." You know, I go to them as a as a as a person saying I'm independent. You know, I don't say anything that I have a channel or, or a way to kind of tell on them, so to speak. Um, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe they'd give me more attention if I did, but I I don't want to do that. But uh, to point out, not only did I have that bad experience with the dually. I bought those lace sensors that are in that strat from guitar center right there. And those were also in my opinion, defective and had to be, uh, they had some issues. They were, uh, uh, not fit and finished correctly. So I bought those. I decided to go ahead and fix the issues that were with them, put them in my strat. And I was pleasantly pleased with the sound and happy again. And I go, well, when I get the dually, I'm going to do that video where I compare the red lace to the red dually. And when the red dually came in, it was horrible. Uh, that's like kind of two strikes, right? I mean, I bought, I mean, that's uh, so, you know, between those pickups and the other one, that's almost $300 in pickups, all defective and uh, with no customer service response. So what I kind of predict is maybe they're just dying. Maybe they're going out of business and they don't have the, they don't have the resources to fit and finish the product well anymore. And they don't have the resources to talk to customers anymore. If you guys know anything different, you let me know. Uh, I really hate saying that because I've always, as you guys know, since I've been doing this for almost three years now, in fact, I think today, uh, three years ago today, I started YouTube and um, something like that. So some, something like that. But anyways, the point is, uh, you know, it makes me sad because I really like that company. Uh, Greg just did a super chat, man. Said, enjoy your day off tomorrow. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. I appreciate that very much. Um, there is. So Rex, uh, I don't know the answer to your question, but I want to address it because it's one of those things. It says, what is the benefit of paper over oil and oil caps? And he means capacitors. You know, that's one of those tone wood arguments where people say it's all, you know, BS that, you know, the, the materials that the capacitors made of doesn't make a difference. Um, and I'm not versed enough to have an opinion. I've experienced with capacitors uh, in the idea that I've exchanged them out in guitars and I've heard differences. Uh, perceivable differences, you know, that's the more important thing, right? I, whether or not it was different or my brain was playing tricks on me, I did perceive a difference when I messed with them. But I've never really kind of got into the whole, you know, oil versus paper and all the materials. There's just what I've noticed for me personally, which I was also told by some people is that you can't hear the difference. I hear a difference when I try like the $3 ones versus the three cent ones. I do hear a difference, although I've been told sometimes you can't hear a difference. It's a horrible answer to your question, man. <laughs> so, so bad. Uh, you know, hey, what's the difference in this? I don't know. I should have just said I don't know. I could have saved everybody five minutes of me just rambling. So let's, uh, hold on. I had a question penned. Let me get to it real quick. Uh, Tom's got a question. It says, amp for a great warm. Oh, that's the one I got. Where's the one I penned? Ah, it's from Stefan. Stefan says, 
Godo 510 trim in a PRS S2 Custom 24. A good idea? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I actually... So so here's the thing. Yes, if you feel the need to upgrade your guitar and, and you think that's a good bridge to go with, I've had experience with that bridge. I like that tremolo. I think you'll be happy. Good way to go. Me personally, I don't have a problem with the S2 bridges. In fact, uh, I like the S2 bridge over the core bridge. And that's probably because of, you know, your, my ear. I like the sound of the steel bridge versus the brass bridge. So, uh, but no, I think that's a good way to go. Okay. All right. Let's go back to the switching back pages here again. What do you guys got going on? Uh, CMC Knight. 1984 says, hey, Phil, any thoughts on the slick guitars? I wonder, uh, would they be an alternative to other budget guitars? Haven't tried the slick guitars. Um, you know, that, that you think that should be an easy video to try to, you know, get going. I would love to do a video like where I could get my hands on maybe 10 of the cheapest guitars out there. Like the, you know, the, what is it? The Harlock Kings, the Harley Benton, the slick, the, you know, you name it, insert, you know, uh, inexpensive guitar here and try to do a shootout between them all. Cause I think it's more valuable than just reviewing each one. You know what I mean? It's like, Hey, here's the problem that I see. If you're looking for a guitar in the one to $200 range, there used to be a time when it was like, well, this is the one. <laughs> now there's like 50. So I think it's actually getting confusing. How great is that? You have a budget of $100, $200, and it used to be that budget restricted you from getting what you want. Now it's like the world is your oyster when it comes to guitar choices. Um, so to me, they're all probably the same, but it would be nice to actually check them out and compare them and see if there's something special about ones versus the other ones. So what I've learned with cheap guitars, and I've said this before, and this is something to point out, cheap guitars to me are really about quality assurance. In other words, it's not how well they're built or how bad they're built. It's how well the company filters the bad ones from the customer at the end. So sometimes that's why a lot of times like with Squire guitars, I think they get uh, a lot of accolades for being really good because Fender is really good at filtering the, 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 the bad ones out so that they don't end up with the customers as often. And I think that's a, a there's a hierarchy to that. In other words, as the companies get smaller, uh, you see more of those inexpensive bad guitars getting through because they don't have the money to open every single box, check every single kind of guitar. So there's there's some there's some logic to that. But uh, Reggie Wooten just did a super chat, man. Thanks, Reggie. If you got a question, you let me know, man. Thank you, thank you, Reggie. Um, hold on. What's the guitar? Fiesta Red said, what's the guitar Sonic Blue colored on the right? Uh, it's not Sonic Blue. Uh, that's a telly, and that's it's actually Seafoam Green. But uh, funny thing about cameras, here, this is kind of fun. That is Surf Green, and that is Seafoam Green. And right now, somebody's typing uh, how wrong I am. But you understand, it's not the guitars. It's this camera. I'm using the uh, Logitech I don't know, something 90, 290, whatever it is, 920 camera, it's 1080p. And uh, cameras have tr sometimes trouble uh, seeing the colors as they are. They just kind of associate them to the nearest color. So so that's what that is. But that is seafoam green, and that is surf green. <laughs> K 
Okay. Crush 8888. That's a lot of eights, man. <laughs> Crush 8888. Uh, like IG88 from Star Wars. Anyways, uh, says, uh, I'm a relatively new subscriber. Uh, thank you for subscribing. Uh, thanks for all your hard work and help. Um, you get my get great results without the time and money and costs and knowledge. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. That's that's I appreciate that. Um, you know, uh, it, it's great to hear people say that. Hey, it's the, you know that that uh, that that the videos are helping you. That's like the best. That is the absolute best thing to ever hear. Is that, that I made a video that somehow either inspired somebody to do something or help somebody do you know correct or fix something or learn something. Um, that is, uh, that is essentially what I'm trying to do in almost every video. Even if I'm doing just a basic review, I try to try to make something educational in there so we can share information because those are my favorite videos to watch. You know, everybody's learning something every day. I'm learning stuff every day. Uh, Alexander says, what do you think of the, uh, Alexander pedals? Hey, wait a minute, Alexander. <laughs> are you Alexander pedals? <laughs> says, uh, their Neo platform is pretty amazing. All right, Alexander. No. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Alexander, first of all, I think you like the pedals because your name's in there. I haven't heard of the pedals. Uh, Alexander pedals, huh? So we can take five seconds, right? It won't hurt us. Let me go here. That's why I have this internet. So, I, okay, so I'm on their site and I will share with you guys. We'll take a second. Why not? We all want to see, see something new, right? Uh, oh, wow. These are cool. These are like a... They look like arcade games. Um, never heard of them, but uh, you know, cool graphics, right? That looks like an old army radio or something. That's cool. Hot pink. Hey, literally, it's called hot pink, and it is hot pink. That's good marketing right there. Oh, see the Jubilee Silver Silver Overdrive. Oh yeah, I love this. I like the Sugar Skull. So, uh, very cool. I uh, never heard of them. But uh, very interesting. Uh, I've put a link to this website uh, for you guys uh, when I index this so you guys will know where to go and look at those pedals. I haven't heard of them, so I, I have no I have no idea. This problem is there's just so many pedals. You know, I, I learned that now in the last year. I've been to so many music stores in the last year, probably about 40 or 50 music stores. And um, everywhere I go, what I learn is, is every store there are just so many pedals. I, at least 10 pedals I've never heard of. So, so there you go. Yeah, Cake Man says that's a good pedal idea for a pedal design. Yeah, right. Uh, you know why? Because at the at the core of it, you know, it's just like remaking movies like Jurassic Park and Star Wars and stuff. It's always a smart idea to kind of appeal to uh, a generation of people so they can harken back to. I remember arcade games as being cool. Maybe I need an arcade game on my foot when I'm making distortion. Uh, <laughs> that's something I would think. That's, I don't know why. So, uh, um, let's see. Um, BC rich 581 says, Phil, any thoughts on how the internet tax sales tax rule will impact sites like reverb? Uh, the internet sales tax rule. In other words, the idea that everybody's going to collect at some point sales tax or that a majority of people are going to have to start collecting sales tax. Obviously, I've been saying this for years now. Um, once Amazon gives in, which is what they did, they finally started collecting sales tax. Once they gave in, everybody's going to eventually have to collect sales tax. Um, 
there's a term I like to say, they don't, uh, you don't pace, you know, uh, companies like Reverb or stores, let's just say stores, stores don't charge sales tax, they collect sales tax, sales tax is then given to the states and cities. Um, so the important part of that is even when somebody says, oh, we'll cut it, we'll cut the t sales tax out, or we're saving the sales tax. Uh, in most cases, when they're doing that, unless, of course, they're shipping out of state, like, but I'm talking about in a store, when a store says out the door, you know, $500 out the door, no sales tax, the sales tax is still collected and then given to the city or state or both. Uh, so, so it's been a, it's been a terrible, you know, let's just be honest. We, the, when you go to Europe, they don't even understand how we're getting away with this. They're, they're like, what do you mean you don't pay sales tax? You know, when you're, you're out of state. I'm like, yeah, if I buy a from a, from a company out of state, I don't pay any sales tax. We've been all living on this amazing, amazing ability to do that for years. And of course, I think all of us secretly know you're going to have to pay the piper one day. We know it's coming. Uh, you know, it is what it is. You're going to have to do it. It's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Um, so what I've always been curious is I wonder if that's allowed not collecting sales tax. I wonder if that lets the internet like charge even more than they've been charging. So maybe what we'll notice is maybe there'll be a price adjustment, you know, to be competitive, they'll have to lower prices a little bit, absorb some of that sales tax. So it might just hurt the retailers more than us as consumers, but, uh, in the pocketbook is what I mean. So let me hit a couple real quick while I've been gabbing. All right. Uh, Matt just said, thanks for everything. Tim Smith just did super chat, man. You guys, that's great. But you know, I appreciate that so, so much, but don't feel compelled to do that, please. Um, uh, the go back. Okay. Uh, wow. You guys are really liking those pedals. Well, Alexander, I know nothing because the comments are crazy. They're like, look at that centipede defender. Wow. Yeah, Watchmen for you. That's right. So, uh, yeah, pedals. It's kind of funny, right? Uh, just who knew? Make a pedal look like an arcade game. I had the same reaction just now too. I was. I've been thinking about it too. Going, those were cool looking. Maybe, maybe, maybe. What we need is some. Remember when the guitars used to have graphics in the eighties? <laughs> maybe we need some some arcade graphics on guitars. That could be a thing. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Uh, 52 G and in guff G and guff. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Sorry. 52 uh, says, what do you think of the golden acoustics? That is solid body with Paizo uh, and H pickup. I haven't experienced that. I have a golden a six and I like it. And I have uh, two Seagull acoustics. I have an Amy, which is a classical style guitar. Well, they make a steel string as well. And then I have a typical Seagull, like, a, you know, almost like a Martin copy kind of guitar. And I like everything Godin does. Godin is, uh, is one of those brands, man. If you want good stuff, they have some stuff that's expensive. Don't get me wrong. But if you want good stuff at a relatively inexpensive price, Godin is where you go. I think Godin's great stuff. Um, I don't know why I don't play more Godin. Maybe that's what I need to do. Play more Godin. I have to. Maybe I need an electric guitar Godin. But that model I haven't tried. But I, uh, I really want an electric guitar again with a piezo system. I have uh, a Parker with a piezo system, and I've been thinking about getting another one. Okay, let's. I just want to make sure I'm not missing this. Okay. Emil Nielsen says, bought a lefty RG370 Indonesian to sharpen. 
I put a Duncan Distortion in the bridge. Is a jazz an okay uh, companion for the neck? Uh, looking for the glassy sound. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you'd be fine. Duncan Distortion and a, and a jazz in the neck. I think that's a good combo. I think they voice really well. Um, I have that exact combo in one of my guitars, a Duncan Distortion and a jazz in the neck. Um, I like the jazz. So if it helps, I've actually, this is something I've done crazy enough. I've uh, <laughs> mixed and matched. I've actually compared the 59 and the Duncan Distortion, and I end up swapping to the jazz and liking the jazz more. So if that's something you're on the fence on, and maybe that'll help you. I prefer the jazz over the 59 with the Distortion. And the only thing funny about that is I generally like the 59 more than the jazz. But for some reason... That, that that combo spoke to me really well. Uh, Jamie says, any word on the Eastwood guitar? Yeah, that's it right there. So the review's coming. Well, we're going to be doing some cool stuff about Eastwood guitars. I really don't want to talk about too much here on this show because it might take the thunder away from the video that is due out in a week. Um, but yeah, Eastwood guitars, I'm doing a video. If you guys are not familiar with that brand, uh, not only is it I'm doing a review, I want to talk about how that brand works. When they reached out to me, I was really interested because they have a very unique very unique business model. Uh, in fact, it was so unique, I had to do a lot of research to figure even understand it completely how it works. It's a really cool idea uh, and something I think on this channel we could uh, appreciate and also uh, maybe even utilize. So maybe we'll do something cool. So, all right. Uh, Ray says, thanks Thanks for the advice on buying my first guitar. I am now the proud owner of a made in Mexico standard Stratocaster. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad. And you know what? That's a great guitar. That's a great, you know, what's great. I'm going to go on a tangent on um, what's great about the, the Stratocaster, the standard Stratocaster. To me, it's like this guitar that if it's your first guitar, there's no reason to ever get rid of that guitar. Like never, here's my advice. Never get rid of that guitar. If later you buy a American Strat for some reason, or you get a Les Paul, or you decide to do something else, or you decide you want a Shredder V, whatever you do, that that standard Stratocaster, that guitar is going to be a workhorse Strat to the day you die. The guitar, you'll be happy to let a friend touch when they come over to your house and they say, hey, can you play guitar? And you're like, yeah, I'll play my nice one. Here's my standard Strat. It's, it's, it's such a great guitar for the fact that it's, it's really like the industry workhorse guitar. It, it commands respect. So, uh, so there you go. Chop last says sales tax is bullcrap <laughs> exclamation point. Um, you know what? I, I taxes, you know, who wants to have a political show? Not me. Uh, but I will tell you this I, as, a, as an observation where I live in Arizona, right? Which is, uh, and my sales tax here is like 8% depending on the city you're in. One thing I always say about sales, sales taxes for whatever reason, however you feel about taxes, Sales tax is one of the fairest taxes. And here's why it's one of the fairest taxes, in my opinion, for a couple of reasons. One, it is charged to people by how much they consume. So if you want to buy something expensive, you're going to pay more to somebody to buy something least expensive. So therefore, it seems to uh, work itself out in uh, not, not, not only how much money you make, but how much money you spend consuming. But the most important thing is the sales tax is charged to everyone equally, which means even if uh, somebody is here in the United States visiting or they're not a, a legal uh, citizen uh, and they buy something, it doesn't matter if they have a social security number or not, the sales tax is, is charged and collected, whether it's on a credit card, on a check or on cash. So it's, it is an interesting tax because, you know, it's one of those things, but I just say that is an opinion. Uh, that's not a fact. 
So uh, I would be uh, silly not to mention I don't want to pay it either. So I, I kind of agree with you too. That's what's great. That's why I wanted to kind of hit that out there. I wanted to give you that side of it, the version, but also remind you that uh, I I also agree with you that it's uh, <laughs> sucks. <laughs> it's okay to I think it's okay to understand something and still not like it. Is let's see, uh, what else do we got going on? You guys are you guys are all over the place today with these questions. Um, okay, man, pubu. <laughs> I'm gonna say pubu. You got the weirdest pubu. All right, p w like PewDiePie, but okay. Anyways, I'm going to buy a Squire Stratocaster Deluxe with a terrible homemade relic for about 150 dollars U.S. dollars. Should I buy it? Um. You know, here's the thing, man. Uh, no, <laughs> this is what I'm going to say. No, uh, $150 is a tight budget for a guitar. Even in this market, it is. But it is not an impossible budget. You still don't have to settle at $150. You can still find decent stuff at $150. Um, what I will give you the best advice ever is remember this. The opportunities to spend your money will be will exist way before you've actually spent all your money, right? Does it make sense? Like in other words, you'll, you'll burn your money up before you, you burn up the great opportunities to spend your money. So don't feel like you ever have to, you, you know, you can't pass on a deal. The truth is if you miss out on this terribly homemade relic deluxe Stratocaster by Squire for $150, I promise you tomorrow, there'll be an equally terribly homemade relic Stratocaster deluxe for $150. So in other words, do, you know, buy what you love. It's your money. Uh, you know, I, 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 if you spend $150, you spend $1,500. It doesn't matter. It's your money. It's hard earned and you should buy something you love. Keep in mind, this is a guitar, which means this is, this, this is for your enjoyment. Now on that being said, if you think you're going to enjoy the guitar and you're fine with it and you don't mind, you know, spending 150 bucks do it but like i said i say based on your comment when you say terrible homemade relic seems like you're questioning your your thought process i'm going to be your buddy today and say pass find something else um uh and uh and there you go so in fact you know what you know what i'm gonna do right now let's do it give me one second i'm gonna try this hold on i'm i'm not showing you guys what i'm doing because I'm not even sure it's going to work. <laughs> okay, here's what I'm going to do. Solid body. All right, I'm going to share. We're going to go and see. I might not even know what I'm talking about. You may not want to listen to me. Okay, so obviously you can see what I'm doing. I'm here. Um, I'm looking for a year price, man, right? We want $100 to $150 max. Okay. Used, of course. Did that keep? Did our range keep? It did. All right. So in theory, what do we got? Uh, here's an Epiphone Stratocaster for 130 bucks. Here's a used Ibanez guitar with a big chunk taken out of it for 150 bucks. Look at wait, wait, look at that. Ooh, look at that. See, that's a horrible relic job too. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's really bad. Uh, but look, here's a used Yamaha Pacifica. Uh, you know, I mean, I hate it when there's the guitars have like little to no descriptions on them. But uh, here's a Pacifica. I've had great. I like this Pacifica probably more than the Squire Humbucker single single. 130 bucks. I know it's 55 dollars shipping, but we can make an offer. It's music around. You never know. Uh, so what I'm trying to point out is, look, here's a hundred dollars Strat style guitar, uh, 150. In fact, it looks like here there's 747 listings for guitars under $150 on Reverb. This is just Reverb. We haven't got the eBay, or, and I'm sure you're dealing with local Craigslist. Maybe you don't have the ability to buy on the internet, and you're you're trying to use cash or something. But either way, uh, that's what I'm trying to point out is that it, it, you you know what? I keep looking into your happy. There's your 150 bucks will buy you whatever you want in today's market. That's what's great. Enjoy that because uh, that's something that wasn't always true. You know, it used to be when there's two or three music stores in your, in your hometown or your city. Uh, if they had a deal, you had a deal or if you could find an ad in the newspaper, but now the world is your oyster. So, all right. Okay. So what do we got? Uh, Joe says, Hey Phil, you ever make your own talk box? I sure did. I even made a talk box video, but I never put it out. Uh, because I don't know why I'd have to go in my archives. Why I did it. I did it like six, seven months ago, maybe a year ago. And I was so impressed with myself, uh, in the video. That means not the talk box. And then I looked and I don't know why I didn't look first. There's like 20 videos on how to make a talk box on the internet. And I thought, Oh, this, and they were all fine. So yeah. Uh, so, you know, a talk box is something I, I used to say as a joke. This is true though, but I meant it, even though I was jokingly when people would, kids would come in, especially kids, but people would come in the shop and they would have like a junky amplifier that was just junk and it was worth nothing. And I'd be like, turn it into a talk box. You know, all those little amps that tell you that, that stores tell you is nine more, 10 bucks. Yeah. Turn it in talk box. Just go, uh, go on YouTube, search how to build a talk box, get yourself some surgical tubing, a little bit of time, some duct tape. I mean, you know, you can use hot glue if you want to either way. Um, you can make a talk box and, uh, it's kind of fun. It'll be uh, 20 minutes to an hour worth of entertainment and then you'll never use it again, but it's still an afternoon and you get to learn something. So, <laughs> so I've spent a lot more money to do a lot less in an afternoon. Uh, Greg Wood says JVM. He's talking about the Marshall JVM 210H uh, head. So uh, awesome or disappointing is six hundred dollars uh, with a nineteen. Oh man, yes, buy that six hundred dollars for a Marshall JVM 210 head and a nineteen sixty cab is a deal. Yeah, the cab's worth three to four hundred dollars unless it's chewed up, and the head's worth that six to nine hundred dollars. Six to yeah, buy that. I'd buy it. You don't happen to live where I live, do you? Right. I'd buy that right now. I don't know why. <laughs> you know what I would do? Because I have a cab. Uh, I'd buy that. And then I would sell the cabinet for as much as I can get. If I can get three, four hundred bucks for it, probably get four. If you try, you know, definitely three, three fifty is the fast sale. And then you're into the head. What? A couple hundred bucks. Do that. Just make sure it's not stolen. That's almost a stole. I stole it price. <laughs> so the, the reality of the world is sometimes that kind of price comes with a a penalty or a problem, you know, either the, the dude's got some. So if the guy's like scratching his shoulder the whole time and he's tweaking his head like this, maybe be aware of that. Uh, just, just like I said, be safe out there is what I'm trying to say. That's, that's the, that's the, um, fell off the truck price for a, a J JVM 210 in a, in a four twelve cabinet. All right. Uh, 
Oh, so you know what, Caleb uh, Rice says, how difficult would it be to install a Floyd Rose on a Strat? Um, you know what? Uh, thousands of guitar players have done it through the 80s and 90s. It's a relatively easy process, especially if you don't need a router or anything to make it floating. Um, but it depends on how bad you want that. The problem is not the Floyd Rose on the Strat. The tricky part is putting the, the Floyd Rose nut on the guitar on the neck. That is the part that is going to be a little bit more delicate and a little problematic. And that's where you want to think about that first. So something to think about for sure. So if it, yeah. So the other thing to point out too, is if you have a Strat, if that's a real Strat, I don't know if you're talking about a Strat style guitar, but you're saying ST for Strat. If you have a Strat like made Mexico Strat or a Squire Strat or America Strat, and you're thinking about putting a Floyd Rose in it, please be aware that Strats without Floyd Roses are worth more than Strats with Floyd Roses. So sometimes it's a lot easier and cheaper to sell your Strat and then buy the Floyd Rose one. You get it? Or find that guy wants a trade, but uh, either way, uh, that's something to look into because... Uh, yeah, <laughs> so let me do. Yeah, it's a lot easier uh, to 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 do that than it is to install it, especially cost wise. Um, <laughs> Lauren says everything is worth more without a Floyd Rose. You know what's funny about that, Lawrence, is that is only a funny statement because it's 2018. In 1988, it would have been the opposite. You'd be saying the same thing. Everything is worth more if it has a Floyd Rose. Uh, isn't that funny how times have changed? Times have changed. So, uh, John says, thanks for all you do. Thank you, John, for, for saying that, man. That's cool. I appreciate that. It's nice to get accolades. Let's let me go into the like my queue to see what questions are here. Uh, I got oh stir fry, oh stir fry says hey Phil, Julian here. Uh, what tone volume and three way selection set should I look for? Look at from my sharpened Squire Tele. Already got pickups in it and tuners. Yeah, uh, I understand what you're saying. So he's got a Telecaster. Julian's got. A, I'm sorry. Julian's got a Telecaster and a three-way switch. So I like just the the standard Switchcraft three-way switch. Just keep it easy. And I like CTS potentiometers for the volume tone knob. Very easy stuff uh, to get. You can get them from Fender. You can get them from anybody. You can get them from all parts. Uh, eBay has them. There's tons of sources and, and keep it simple. That's more than enough. That's exactly what I use. I don't use any crazy expensive parts, uh, something like that. The other thing to do is if you get the licensed fender parts, which is not, you know, it doesn't mean anything, but if you do that, you get the potentiometers. You want 250 K potentiometers, but they come with the capacitor that would be in the American uh, version guitars. And I find that's all real. It's like $4 and 99 cents for one. You can keep it very inexpensive. So something like that. And my favorite thing about those kind of switches and potentiometers is uh, when you Google how to wire up a telly, all those schematics will be for those type of switches and pots. So it's going to be very easy for you to do this uh, on your first try even because the information's there. Um, okay. F uh, 52, 52 go golf. I'm going to say go 52 is going golfing. I'm going to say that's what... I'm going to say that's what it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, it says, I have a Fender Tele Elite. Uh, that's a nice guitar. 
cost cost quite a bit. Yes, it did. That's a very expensive guitar. The Fender Tele Elite is Fender's premium line of instruments before you get to the uh, the uh, uh, basically their custom shop. Uh, what inexpensive Tele for Bustin for buskin and travel? Thinking HH to avoid uh, hum issues at some places. Uh, one inexpensive Tele for for uh, so right. So you have a really nice Tele, but you want to take one for travel. You know what I like, man. I, what you're talking about the, depends. I mean, you know, 350 bucks not cheap, but man, those contemporaries are nice. Those Squire contemporaries, that's nice. You didn't give me a price point, so I'm gonna say 350 gets you that. Uh, so, otherwise, you know, get yourself an inexpensive used uh, Squire Tele to take with you. But those are really nice. Um, Patient Zero says, "Long live McKnight Guitar Co." Yeah. So I, uh, Patient Zero, you must be local. You remember the member the shop they this is better though this is like talking this is what we did in the shop every day just talk i just don't have to work 12 hours i only have to work eight nowadays um that's a lie i probably work <laughs> i probably work 12 too now and my wife says i never stop working so that's why I was telling you I got to take tomorrow off. She basically says she hasn't seen me all week. Uh, says Bubba says, thanks for all the tips and tricks you post. I've learned a lot. How important is the placement of string trees? Just got a Clapton from Warmoth. Man, it is super, super important. String trees. They can cause so many problems. Uh, I want to make you a little paranoid because I want you to really understand this. Um, one of the funnest, no, one of the funnest is the opposite word of what I'm trying to say, by the way. Unfunnest things you have to do as a technician is when somebody brings in a guitar where they place the string string tree in the wrong spot. Uh, not only will it jack up how the guitar tunes, it can actually mess with the intonation, but more importantly, it sometimes will add um, really sympathetic buzzes and rattles to the guitar that are almost impossible to, to alleviate without uh, filling and drilling a new hole and moving it over. So when it comes to string trees, you want to make sure you get it dead right and you only get one shot at it. So, uh, yes, uh, that is the thing I, I try to, I try to emphasize with everybody. As you know, I'm pretty okay with telling people like, Hey, here's how you dress a truss rod and here's how you can, you know, file a fret, but a string tree is a, is a trickier thing. Um, so yeah, it's not as bully neely as like, I think it goes here and drill a hole cause you'll be sorry many times over. So something to, something to think about. And, and you just, you mentioned also that you got a Clapton, uh, strat like for warmoth neck. Um, I don't know if they make templates for string trees, you know, out there on the internet, I haven't seen them. So I had, you know what I did over the years? I just made templates. So I took paper and I put it over, uh, you know, strats that I had where they had string trees in the right place. And I would poke the holes in the paper, trace it. And then I would trace that onto a piece of uh, plastic, thin piece of plastic. And then I would template it out. So I have an overlay to put on certain fender guitars to put the string trees in there. And that's what I did. Uh, you know, that's kind of like that work smart, not hard kind of thing. So you just found it away. So when somebody brought one in, you could say, yeah, yeah, I'll install it for five, 10 bucks. You know what I mean? Just quick and easy. So, um, so there's gotta be a template out there. I wouldn't know how to sh transfer or show you my template. I could scan it, but I'd be afraid that if it prints wrong, I, I don't want to help mess up the problem for you. Um, so that maybe take that to a technician. Like I said, don't want to get it wrong, man. It's going to cause problems. Uh, but if anyone has suggestions, man, this is sometimes that's the great thing about having a guitar community is you guys sometimes have 
way more information than I've ever thought about. So if you guys have come up with great answers, put them in the comments below. Uh, and uh, if I see a couple that are like, yeah, those are the best ideas ever, I'll make sure I'll, I'll put a notation next to them so that uh, so that you know that I agree with what they're saying too, that if that helps. I find that works a lot of times when you guys are putting tidbits information out there. I've learned to now kind of go behind you and support what you're, what you're saying. And that helps the person more because they're like, you know, now you don't, you know, they can't tell who's just spouting off stuff and who's got some viable information. So, uh, Steve Long. Hi, Phil. I have a 2016 Epiphone Les Paul Plus Top Pro. That's actually one of my favorite ones because it's got the flame top and, and okay. So it says, uh, I want to upgrade the pickups, play classic, uh, to modern rock suggestions. Now, if I'm not mis mistaken, the classic, uh, sorry, the plus top pro doesn't it have real Gibson pickups in it. Isn't that like it's shtick that it's one of the Epiphones, but it has like the real Gibson pickups in there. Um, so classic to modern rock. So it, that's the big problem is, is it, is it worth changing your pickups out? You know what? Um, just because, again, like I said, if we go over looking this stuff up, I'd rather look this stuff up and verify what I'm talking about than uh, make sure the video shuts off at the right time. So if we have to get a few minutes over, let me find this guitar on the internet. We'll find a spec sheet. I'm sure some of you guys are typing the answer right now too. Okay, good old Sweetwater. Uh, maybe not. $539. It might not come with the pickups. I think it does. Okay, here it is. Plus top. Yep. Okay. And pickups says pro bucker, but it doesn't say what they are. Oh, pro buckers. Okay. I don't know what, so I'm going to assume, let's see, see how dumb I am. You guys can, you guys are sometimes, you know, more versed in that kind of guitar. Cause you guys might have it. That sounds to me like it's a burst bucker pro copy. So if that's the case, uh, yeah. See, Burstbucker Pro. That's what Burstbucker. Yeah, that actually sounds like the guitar, the pickup you want. So I would guess. I don't know. I don't know what the pickup's doing that you don't love that you'd like to, to swap out. Yeah, Corey Duke says it's a copy. Well, I kind of yeah, and I agree because it's that's kind of how it sounds. It's a copy of a Burstbucker. But copy. Here's the thing, man. What I've learned from my personal experience is that sometimes these companies, when they send those those the real deal over to to Korea and China to have them clone, they can get really close. So, so, uh, so I I don't know. I I actually think you should leave them alone. There you go. <laughs> this whole maybe that's the best five bucks you ever spent. That's because that now you don't have to spend any more money on pickups. Um. Okay. All right, Devin's got a weird question. I'm trying to understand it, Devin. It says, best way to contact YouTubers, question mark. So that's one question. What's the best way to contact YouTubers? Being blind, I need more description from educational videos such as yours. Music is wins. I think you've contacted me before. Music is wins and Robert Bakers. Um, so, okay. So, Devin, if you could do me a favor, because I think I swear I thought I saw an email for you before from you. Um, Devin, if you could email me, just email it to my pmcknight7 at gmail and put in the description uh, educational videos, right? 
And here's what I can do for you, Devin. I, I can do this for you. This is what I can guarantee. I can't guarantee a lot, but I can guarantee this. I can guarantee you that I can get Tyler Larson and Robert Baker to see your email. So you tell me what you were trying to tell them and me, and I'll share with them. Whether that translates in them doing anything for you or can do anything for you or have the ability to, uh, so that's all I can say. Um, I don't even can't even guarantee they'll respond to me, but I can guarantee you they'll see it because I, you know, I communicate with them uh, and enough to where I can get them a message that they'll see. So we'll try that. We'll try and see what you're, what we can do for you, buddy. Um, yeah, YouTubers, you know, the problem is, is YouTubers aren't famous. We're just, we just, what? it's the opposite. If we were famous, we could actually, actually answer more emails. Because when you're famous, you have a personal assistant to help you with all this stuff. But the problem being a YouTuber is essentially you're just a person like everybody else that's just putting out some videos. And because you put out some videos, a lot of people are trying to talk to you at a, in a very short period of time. And, uh, and there's just too many emails. So sometimes it slows down, like, and that's nice. And you can get some some responses out. I try to respond as much as I can. Uh, Randall uh, Vandergriff says, Hey, Phil, how do you protect yourself um, from tinnitus, Phil? You know, here's a good example. I don't want to leave the room because it'll take too long, but uh, I have ear filters. I use ear filters and I have them attached to everything I own. So in my console, my car are ear filters on my backpack clipped on them uh, is the little plastic carriers for them. Uh, I have them on my guitar gig bags. There's almost no situation that I can be in where all of a sudden if loudness comes around. I can't grab a pair of ear filters and put them in there. Uh, the ear filters I use uh, are different ones, but the one I'll put links in the description right now when I do the index. Uh, for the fender ones, because I think they're negative uh, 10 decibels or 12 decibels. I think they're 12. And then the Theodario, Dario, sorry for everybody. The Dario ones are 15 decibels, minus 15 decibels. But I actually like the fender ones because they are actually less restrictive. Because I, I, a lot of times it's not super loud. I'm not at a rock concert, but I protect my ears because one thing that's happened working with musicians, I've worked with so many musicians for so long now, whether you're repairing their guitars or, or instructional or videos now or having a shop or whatever, you know, you gotta understand now I've spent almost half my life interacting with a musician on a daily basis. Tinnitus is the thing that freaks me out. I used to be afraid of getting uh, uh, tendinitis. You know, I used to think, oh man, if my wrist, I don't know what I would do if I got tendinitis. And tinnitus, which tinnitus, if you guys don't know, it's a ringing in your ears. It, some of us grew up thinking, you know, oh yeah, well, you know, you, you, you know, you'll just go, you'll just go deaf. You know what I mean? You won't be able to hear. That's what everybody told us. You're going to lose your hearing. You know, remember your parents, you're going to lose your hearing, turn that down. You're going to lose your hearing. Boy, were they wrong. Losing your hearing would be a blessing compared to tinnitus. Tinnitus is this ringing in your ears. And I have now so many people that I've met that have it and personally friends that have it. And if you've, inex if you've experienced anybody with it, you'll, you'll see it's, it, you'll what you'll like me, you'll have, you'll have them and there's no excuse. Uh, so, you know, I'm actually really hardcore about this too. If you're ever around me at an event anywhere and I ask you, because I, I do it all the time, where's your earplugs? And you look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. You're going to get the lecture uh, because, you know, earplugs are important. But I use ear filters because it's a little nicer. You know what I mean? But hey, you know, you can buy uh, a box of earplugs for a couple bucks. So, um, so that's how you protect yourself, man. Protect your ears all the time. They're, they're you know, they're important. And, and you know what? And there's, 
there is trust me right now there is there's 760 people watching right now there is at least a dozen or two dozen people right now nodding at me going yeah phil i you know i have it i understand what you're talking about these the, trust me it sucks um okay tour on 11 hey tour on 11 tour on 11 says thanks phil for all you do uh this is for the kiesel fund which kiesel model are you looking to get was hoping to check them out at the summer nam but trip fell through uh you know i'm still thinking i'm gonna get the uh you know what i changed my mind i'm not getting the vader what's the one that's cheaper than the vader so i want the headless one but i want the less expensive one uh and a standard color and um so here's what i decided to do on the kiesel I'm going to order Kiesel. I've videotaped the entire process. The reason it's taking a little while <laughs> is because I want to do it anonymously, anonymously, anonymously. In other words, I don't want them to know it's me. I don't want anything to, uh, to, to I don't want anything to know. I just want to get the guitar like, and so, you know what I mean? So there's no like, cause what's the point of doing a video showing you the process to get the guitar if they did something cause they're afraid that I might say something to this audience or something, or there might be something interactive on the video. So, um, but also I'm on a mission to buy the least expensive model of that model. I can. <laughs> so, uh, you know, cause, uh, that's one of the part of things I want to do is then once I get it and I get it to that price point, I want to see what the resale value on it is and stuff and see what it's like, but that's what I'm thinking about. But thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you know, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll do that next month. So, so there you go. Uh, real quick. Hold on. I'm going to pin Brent. Hold on, Brent. I'm pinning your question real quick so I can grab a couple. Yes. Bam says, and Bam isn't like Bam. The answer, the person's name is Bam. Bam Dunzo says it's the, oh, uh, I can't say it, man. Osiris. Oh, it says Osiris. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Osiris. That's what I'm getting. I'm getting the Osiris. Uh, Lawrence also wanted to let everybody know, Hey, Hey, by the way, uh, LPD pedals, which is Lawrence Petros design will be at the summer NAM this year. Booth 1159. I'm going to shame this plug, by the way, uh, says booth 1159. If you're there, swing by and say, Hey, yeah, that's a big deal, man. Uh, so yeah, I po point out to everybody. I'll put a link there and, and put this back in there. Booth 1159. Check out Lawrence's pedals, especially since, you know, um, Lawrence Petros pedals are, I I've decided now with all these pedals, pedals are now two in two categories to me. Artisan pedals and mass produce. Either they're made by a person, that person, like Lawrence designed the pedal, but he also builds the pedal right now. So that, hopefully that won't be forever. Maybe he, hopefully he'll move over to the mass produce one day. Uh, and and he, so, but right now when you buy a Lawrence Petros pedal, Lawrence built your pedal, not uh you know not not the worker of Lawrence, not Lawrence's fifth cousin, you know, Lawrence did it. And to me, that's like when you buy a painting and the artist painted it versus when you buy the reprint. So that's something I always want to point out with these smaller builders like that, 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 you know, they're still really cool to get that stuff. So, um, okay. Hold on a second. All right. David Tucker says Kiesel fun. Zeus's headless single cutaway. Uh, yeah, you know what? Okay, so David, uh, I feel bad because you're putting in the fun, but the Zeus, I didn't, you know what? I didn't want the single uh, cutaway. The reason is, is because I like the way it looked, but I'm afraid the more wood would give it more mass, more weight. And I kind of want the guitar to be light and easy because I really want this to be my go-to take it everywhere kind of guitar. So, uh, 
So, but I appreciate David. And you know what? The Zeus is definitely my would be my second pick. So it's the so that was the because they're basically the same model. Uh, DRB says, "Hello, Phil. What's the best flanger? Any price? I think they're making a comeback. I'm looking for Andy Summers tones." So I'm not a big flanger guy. I've done videos where I've talked about how I, I use phasers. Uh, flangers, I have all the inexpensive ones. Um, but I know you said any price, which really means I'm supposed to point out the most expensive one. But where is it at? I have it somewhere right here. See, that's how how legit this answer is. I actually right here. I really like the E Lady by Moore. So you know this. If you do the research, you'll see that even though this is a Moore pedal, um, this pedal has a lot of credibility everybody who's into flan big flanger expensive flangers really gives this pedal its credibility you know what for the price point i would give this a shot you know i don't, I've, obviously i don't have an affiliation with them or anything i don't get anything by telling you that i bought this pedal so you know uh more didn't send it to me but they have sent me free stuff before but not this i i bought like i, I bought 10 of their pedals and this is just one of the pedals i've bought over the years um and even though i have other flangers and i like them i for some reason this one and i can actually say this too you, so you know there's no other more pedals i can say that about there's no other pedals that more makes that i could say wow this pedal will blow you know bigger pedals away i like them but i can't say they're the best things ever this pedal for some reason it's like magic i don't know what they did it's really good in fact some of you guys know i i, I forgot who it is but there's like a famous pink floyd tribute band right it's really infamous and the guitar player in that band said this is one of the best flangers out there and something like that somebody will probably know the story my friend who's really into pink floyd told me i really into pink floyd <laughs> so he told me the story i'm like oh well you know all right what else do we got going on uh okay jamie says hey phil i have a 2018 hss pro strat with v mods and a shawbucker and uh, that I need you to help me with to make more responsive. How can we send me the guitar? Okay, so you're talking like a sharpen my axe kind of thing. The sharpen my axe thing uh, is 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 a twofold problem. Like I've said before, it's a budget time restraint. So that's and so what happens is people send me guitars and then I'm trying to pick interesting guitars. Like I picked the GNL because you guys have been talking about GNLs. Somebody offered a GNL. I thought that made sense. Um, the the, the pro series strat would be great to show what we do with a more high-end strat, but it's, it's really, it's a, the, the sharp max videos take, I have no other video that I've made <laughs> on YouTube, uh, except for maybe the official, how do you say video? But I mean, honestly, I've never have no other video that takes as much time as those videos. They consume so much time, almost two full days and sometimes two and a half days. Uh, to make one video and that may not sound like a lot of time but you know it's a five-day work week right so it's half your work week to make one video and uh, so that's the problem i keep coming across with them and to be totally honest with you they actually uh, produce horrible results when it comes to monetary you know benefit so it is a love okay i want you guys to understand i am doing them just for the love of it i think this last one it's probably when everything's said and done i will gross around 40 dollars on that video not complaining just explaining nothing to complain back on the youtube game right the youtube thing has been very good to me and i'm i'm very happy and you guys are all super gracious i mean you guys are literally just giving me money just to talk on a friday i got no complaints here i'm just explaining that sometimes it's hard to just keep pumping that type of video out because it takes a lot of time and it and and you know it sometimes it's like wow there's a lot way a lot of better ways to spend the time 
not only financially, but just, you know, I can produce more content in that same amount of time. But, uh, but that being said, uh, you can send me the message and I'll take a look at it. I don't know what guitar specifically I'm doing next. So, um, but that might be a good one to do. Um, there was a question. Somebody asked me what I thought of the more rumble drive. I did a video of that comparing it against my, um, Zen drive. There is a video. It's an old one, but it's a video where I compared the two and I really liked it compared to the Zen drive. I like the Zen drive more than the rumble drive, but it is literally two and a half times the price. So based on that, you know, if it's a budget restraint, get the rumble drive. But unlike this pedal where I can't, you know, I said, Hey, get this over the expensive, the more expensive version, the rumble drive, even though I say, get it, it's great. I would not pick it over the expensive version. I would just pick it. If you want to stay within your budget, that budget. Uh, Damon says, what's your thoughts on the exotic SP compressor pedal? I have that pedal right here. <laughs> Maybe that's a new show. Can you name a pedal? I don't have sitting here. I'm just kidding guys. That'd be stupid. All right, here you go. This is it, right? Uh, I like this pedal a lot. Um, I have, huh, <laughs> this is going to be funny. I like this pedal and this is the dumbest thing I'm probably going to ever show you guys, but I'm going to show it anyways. I like this pedal. It's one of my favorite compressors by far, but this is actually my favorite compressor, which is a Lawrence pedal, uh, but he doesn't sell it. So, <laughs> so, I mean, he sold it to me. I bought it, but it's the Fed comp. This is probably going to get him in trouble because maybe some of you guys are emailing going, I want a Fed comp and he'd be like, I don't make them. But uh, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, this, these are my two favorite compressor pedals. If it wasn't for Lawrence selling me this like prototype or whatever this is, this might not be a prototype. I'd be totally wrong, by the way. This could be a production pedal and not know it. But anyways, I bought this pedal off Lawrence two years ago. I don't know, a year and a half ago. Love it. First favorite, second favorite. Love it. Um, the question of the day is, do I like the SP compressor more than that Fender compressor? And I think I like the Fender compressor more than this too, but I really like the SP because of the size. It's, it's, I don't want to say transparent. Isn't that the new buzzword on the internet? Everybody hates saying. Um, it's really good. I like it. So as a recommendation, if you think about getting it, it's basically a long way to say, yeah, go for it. I've spent my money on it too. And I'm not, I don't regret it. Okay. <laughs> Where are we at? Hold on. I have to go into the queue. We're now in the bonus round of the podcast QA. It's one hour in, but like I said, we go over because I uh, run off the rails a couple times. Okay. Uh, Sergeant Power Wiener, which is, of course, he only asks questions because he just wants me to say that. <laughs> just kidding. He says, Hey, brother, I. Uh, Yet, yet again, about a Plexi Lunchbox amps, Agnator Tweaker 15 blew the Runt 20 out of the water, in my opinion, in an A-B test. Ever tried one? I've owned both those amps. I have the Runt 20. My Runt 20 is right there. I really like it. I've never compared them, though. Uh, that's one of those situations where I had it, the Tweaker 15, loved it, got rid of it. Then a couple years later, got the Runt 20. And then, you know, I like the Runt 20 now, but I never thought about A-Bing them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um it's really interesting though that you say that because I love hearing stuff like this because this goes to that vein. You know, the Runt 20 is no no slouch when it comes to price on the amp. That amp's a twelve hundred dollar amp. Uh, the Agnator Tweaker is a lot less expensive, right? You can still fetch them for six hundred bucks, five hundred bucks. Anyone know? I mean, I don't want to look it up right now, but you get the idea. They're either way, they're half. They got to be half. 
You know, right? I know it's made in China versus made in USA. That's always a factor too. But you guys, know what I'm saying, it's a price benefit wise. It's half the price. So cool that you said that. Maybe that would be a good uh, good amp to check out. I kind of feel like they're never going to have Tremonti amps in stock. So maybe I should get a, a tweaker instead of a Tremonti amp. Although I keep hearing that they're coming. Okay. Hold on. Let me go back. See, I move screens so I can see I'm my own production crew. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Brando's himself. Brando himself says $600 for the Igniter. Yeah. That's what I thought. So less than ha half. Well, it's half, half the price, man. That's tough to beat. Uh, and Enrico says, do pots even make that much of a difference, a tone difference? Yes. My experience. Yes. Somebody may say no. Uh, you know that. Yes. To me, it's not about, it's not about, don't think about like potentiometers, like pots. Don't think about wire. Don't think about switches. Don't think about all this stuff. Just think of resistance. You're trying to get hundred percent of the signal to the end of the game. And each component you add adds resistance. That's why Gibson uses four potentiometers, two volumes, two tones. They're trying to add more resistance. That's why they use, right? So uh, Fender will use 250K pots versus 500K pots. Those make a difference. But I know that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about literally like the going to a more expensive potentiometer. Like does a $5 one sound better than a $2 one? And so on and so on. Yes. Subtly difference. Yes. I've, in my experience working on guitars, um, it's not a snake oil thing. However, I can't say buy these crazy components that people get. This is where it's just like guitar cables. You know, I'm not saying buy uh, $150 guitar cables. I'm not saying buy a $20 potentiometer. I'm just saying at the there's a difference between the absolute cheapest potentiometer and the next level up. In other words, just don't buy the junk. That's what I've experienced. It's not buy the best. Just don't buy the worst. Go one up from the worst and you're probably in the right spot. Stay away from the worst. <laughs> so same with cables. You know, everybody's got a different opinion about cables, but mine is stay away from the worst. The cheapest, junkiest cables, that's the junk. And then everything else after that's fine. And it probably gets better as it goes up, but I don't care. Because like I said, my experience buying it, using it, working on it, whatever has been pretty consistent, which is you get to a point and there's an improvement and then whatever the next improvement is, it's really not going to be as, as dramatic. It's uh, law of diminishing returns. It says people like to say over and over again. So thrash metal fun riffs says don't buy the swag. Yeah. See, like, I guess he means don't buy the BS, I guess. So, uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. So Bugs Bunny Brothers says Bourne's Petitioners. I'm a big Bourne's fan. Uh, Bourne's is a type of brand. Uh, Bourne's Pots. Yep. Uh, the th and, and yes. So, yeah, that's a brand that I, like I said, like Switchcraft Switches. I use Bourne's Petitioners all the time. It's a brand I, I trust. I like it. They're not crazy expensive, although they are pricier comparatively. They're just not expensive. I to me, five, six dollars is is not expensive, even though it's per capita, you know what I mean, to a two dollar part, it's more than double. But I mean, you know. So <laughs> um 
Dementoid says, I made it and see no one cares. I care, Dementoid. I care that you made it. Uh, here's a good, uh, Kareem says, Phil, what criteria do you follow to decide if a guitar is worth an upgrade or not? I own a court X six. People tell me it's not worth upgrading. Okay. So, so this is a great, great question. This is such a good question. I'd like to make a, just a video of it because it's so great. So here's what we'll talk about. And then we'll fin we'll finish the live cast with this. Um, this is what I get all the time. I love it when I like when I hear that from people worth value, that's not real. <laughs> that's not tangible. When people say it's not worth something that worth is value and worth is, is, is assessed by each individual person based on their, their value systems, their situation, their economics, all that stuff. So my point to you is this, um, you know, if you have a guitar and it's good, we're going to say that, let's just say it's good, not junk. We're saying it's good. And you feel like you can invest some money into it and make it better. And someone say, don't waste your money, buy the nicer guitar. But if the difference is you can put $150 into your guitar and make it really good or make it good versus $500 that you don't have to buy the next guitar. Yeah, that's a decision that really I think makes sense. Now, where I think sometimes you don't want to follow advice is kind of like when the, with the earlier question about the Floyd Rose. You know, do you want to shove a ton of money into something when you a ton of money can buy you another guitar? Then that's when you go ahead and you make the decision to go go on to the next level. But here's why I like the Sharpen My Axe series, and this is what I've decided when I did the Sharpen My Axe series, is that if you notice the trend of those videos is that I'm trying to show you someone who doesn't have a shop, someone who's at your house, how you can modify a guitar with little to no investment in tools, but also in a way that the parts can come back off. So I hope you retain that from those videos. When you work on your Court X6, what I tell you is upgrade anything you want on it because just make sure you don't do anything that makes it to where you can't remove those parts off, put the originals back on and sell the guitar when it's time to move on. If it's time to move on. What if you own the guitar for 25 years and you're happy? You never know. But the point is, is that work experience has value. In other words, learning something. So working on a guitar teaches you to work on things, teaches you how to uh, problem solve. It teaches you more about your guitar. It teaches you how to look for a better guitar because of what the problems you find when you worked on your current guitar. Those educations, those are, those are, those are things that I, it's hard to put a money value on. So when your friends say it's not worth it, they, they're not factoring everything in. So my answer to you is if you like that guitar, you put whatever money you feel comfortable into it. But my only advice to you with the experience that I can give you is make sure you can get that money back out of it when you're done. Because like I said, you can remove, if you make a tour, you can move all those parts back off. You can sell those parts on eBay and reverb or put them on the next guitar. And then really what are you out? Nothing. So there you go. Uh, so yeah, there's nothing wrong with upgrading any kind of guitar. I see people take hundred dollar guitars, put $200 worth in them. And people go, why don't you buy a $300 guitar? And the answer, and I, I tell this story cause it was pretty pro profound to me. I once was trying to give that same advice to a kid. I say kid, but you know, he could have been 20, could have been 16. I don't know. Anyways, uh, he was putting $200 into a hundred dollar guitar. And the hundred dollar guitar really was worth 50 bucks. In other words, he, he bought it for hundred bucks, but if he sold that guitar, you know, it's worth 50 bucks. And here he is trying to put 150, $200 worth in it. And I said to him, don't do that. By the time you're done, you'll have $300 in the guitar, get a real guitar for 300 bucks. And he said, you know what? I'll never have 300 bucks at one time. That's just, you know, he's like, I don't save money. So this is, e this is either play the junkie guitar, or fix the junkie guitar up. 
I can't argue with that logic. It's not my logic, but I understand where he's coming from. So that's my point to you is, uh, yeah, if you want to do it, do that. <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm laughing because uh, uh, you guys are funny. Uh, the sign-on is Cleavage Rocks, and it says, please say my name. It caught my eye. I guess your sign-on works because I was like, what? Uh, so, uh, Brian Chase says, a good vendor for guitar parts online. You know, so there's different vendors that I've had good luck with. Uh, all parts is overpriced online because they put everything at their full retail price. This is something that's weird with all parts um, to, to point out so you guys know. May, people may not know this. All parts, if you buy directly from them, will charge you a, a hefty shipping charge and full retail on the part because they sell to uh, suppliers and retailers. So what's funny is more times than not, you can find the all parts parts cheaper everywhere but all parts it, i know that's not that doesn't make sense because usually you like go to the source for the best price but all parts you can get cheaper anywhere else besides all parts all parts is just basically saying if you're going to buy it direct from us we'll ship it to you but we're going to make good money on it otherwise they want to do mass orders to to retailers and suppliers so all parts are good parts but get them from other suppliers um the, there's just tons of parts for good parts. Um, vendors, I I use eBay for the most part for parts when I'm looking for it because in my in my world, a part obviously I want a good part, but sometimes it's about availability. And for some reason, not everybody has good parts. But you know what I love? This is a great time. Put in your best suggestions. Like I like uh, Stratosphere for parts. I like um, uh, eBay for getting parts. Obviously, they're good stuff. Uh, who else do I use for parts on it on the? I you know what I mean? I use all parts, but um, not at the retail price. So at the, at the, you know, the, the, the dealer price, but, um, so yeah, so put in some suggestions when this video reloads, uh, if you guys are watching this afterwards, um, Dennis says stratosphere question marks. He's confused. stratosphere. Yeah. Stratosphere.com is a website that cannibalizes guitars and then sells the parts from them. It's a really cool idea. And uh, I've bought many parts from them and had much good luck with them. Never had a bad time. Although sometimes I said that before somebody said they had a bad, bad experience, but still. So, so uh, Beast Rich 58 says Philadelphia Luthier supplier. See, there's going to be a lot of stuff. So, all right. So that was the last question. That was kind of fun. I, I The whole thing was amazing. Thank you guys for hanging out and doing this. Uh, and uh, it's summertime now. It's officially summertime. So you guys should be hopefully getting outside and doing stuff instead of watching YouTube. But if not, please enjoy your YouTube and uh, we'll talk next week. Same time, same time, same channel next week. And, uh, and Brent says, don't forget about my question. Okay. That caught me. I can't say goodbye yet. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on, Brent. Let's see if I can find it. Here you go. We got you, Brent. There's a couple ones we got to grab real quick. Here you go. And Brent's one of them. Says, Brent says, looking into my first tube amp, I want a great all-around setup. Shall I get the Mesa 25? So, I mean, I'm sure you mean the Rectiverb 25 or the Mesa Recto? Okay, we'll get there. Hold on. Uh, or a clean amp like the Fender with the Friedman pedal for gain. Um, I have a Mesa uh, Mark 525 and I had the Recto 25. Uh, I like the Mark 5 more. Uh, Fender amp. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's tough. I here's what I can tell you: the Mark Five Twenty Five is one of my favorite amps. But I have a Fender Princeton and Friedman pedal, 
And if I was going to say which one would I keep, it would be the uh, the Friedman and the Princeton. So there you go. But what's great is this is a horrible answer. Both you can't go wrong either way. I love both those and own both those, so I su highly suggest both. So, but something's cool about the Fender Princeton and the clean channel, and that is just magical. Uh, Bubba says, "Do you still have a Parker Fly?" I, yeah, I have two. <laughs> I have two twins. I I, I don't. I think I never shared that story, but every once in a while you guys see one and then believe it or not, you, you're still seeing it, but you're actually seeing the other one. I have two twin Parker fly mojos. And so not on purpose though. I recently purchased a Parker uh, P32. Ah, yeah, those are great. That's right. That's okay. It's, uh, it's not as ergonomic as I thought it was going to be. And now it's on reverb. Hello. Yeah. Well, the P32 is more of their kind of their inexpensive strat version, uh, guitar. It's not the same as like the flies. The flies are more dramatic. So yeah, the P32. There's actually a really amazing deal on a uh, reverb right now on a Parker uh, Nightfly in blue. And I think they want 1050 plus shipping, but they'll take a deal and it's really good, good guitar. But, uh, and it actually has the carbon fiber fretboard. So, uh, you know, for those of you that are Parker freaks that want that. So, like I said, I'm Parkered up, man. I have two. I don't want to. I want one. <laughs> so I'm eventually going to sell one. So it's it's a long story. Uh, and then Six in Line said, have a beer or whatever. Cheers. I will have the beer. How about that? It's the summer. It's a good time. It's been a long week. I appreciate all of you. Hopefully I didn't miss anybody. I'm double checking real quick. I don't want to leave anybody hanging. It looks like I got everybody. Uh on, in the queue and of course uh i appreciate all you guys and all your questions you guys have been awesome and uh thank you guys again and until next time uh know your gear